Happiness is an inside job. At Happy Healthy You, Connie Bowman helps us find our way with inspiring conversations and healthy ideas for living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. Happy Healthy You, and now here's Connie. My funny Valentine, sweet comic Valentine. You make me smile with my heart. Everybody, welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. I'm Connie Bowman. And if you've been a regular listener for the past almost three years, it's hard to believe, I've had some really great guests, and, and I hope you've enjoyed them as much as I have. Two of my favorite, because they were on the same podcast, two of my very favorite were a relationship podcast we did, gosh, it's been months ago, with Molly Apple and Joe Dunn. And they are just the cutest darn couple. Oh my gosh, they're relationship coaches, they're authors, they say they're best friends and lovers. They do so much cool stuff together to help people bring their relationship to the next level, to a more awakened level, a more sexy level, just so many levels. (laughs) So I'm so excited to have them back. They wrote The Soulmate Experience and The Soulmate Lover, which we talked about in our last podcast. And gosh, let's just bring them in. Hi, you guys. I'm so happy to have you back for this Valentine's week. Hey, Connie. It's good to be here. Hello. Thank you so much for coming back. I just enjoyed talking to you guys. You guys have the best energy, and it seems like you have the most energetic relationship as well. We tend to think so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys are just so cute. I mean, you finished each other's sentences in the last podcast. I can't wait to hear how this one goes. So you guys, I want to talk to you guys about as you say, keeping the life in your love. And you are so good at this. You have all those videos on YouTube and some really sexy ones. I can't wait to talk to you, Molly, about your uh, your photo shoot that you did. Yes, your boudoir shoot. Yes, the photos were beautiful, beautiful. So can we just talk about that a little bit? I mean, there's so much emphasis in this culture on, uh, you know, the, the high divorce rate, blah, blah, blah. But there are a lot of marriages that are actually working. And when I went to research it, because I do like to have a little bit of scientific basis, which I couldn't find, <laughs> but I, I did find some statistics from the New York Times that said that possibly the divorce rate is actually going down. Do you happen to know if that's correct? I've heard that it's going down a slight amount, but... You know, when you look at second marriages and third marriages, it's it's astronomical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So it's still it's still crazy high, and uh, there's so many reasons for that. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot. I, I a do, lot of the expectations we walk into a relationship with is part of that. It's just I just see it time and time again how you know we we talk to couples and they just they just have so many ideas about what the other one should be doing that just feels like it just strangles the life. Absolutely. I feel like there's a lot of emphasis on finding the soulmate and finding that love, but then there's not a whole lot about once you get there and you have this relationship, how to keep it going. It's really unfortunate that so much focus is placed on finding the one as if once you find him, everything will be fine. And so you find the right one, and then you realize that, hey, you're not really equipped to, to see this thing through. Yeah. And so, you know, we start with, you know, well, like we like to talk about expectations, you know, and, and uh, 
looking looking at your history and relationships and what you could have done better so that you can learn from that. That's something you can do whether you're looking for a relationship or already in one is really being a little bit more honest with yourself about, wow, I can step back a little bit and see how when I do this, it results in this, and that's not great. But I, I do, you know, Connie, that emphasis on finding the one as though that's going to solve everything. Mm-hmm. We're looking for the magic panacea that if I find this person, everything will be perfect. I'll never have to grow again. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. We're so into that, aren't we? We just want, we want that security. And really in life, there is no security. So we should just like let all that go. Everything is constantly changing. So It is. And I think, yeah. you know, from a spiritual perspective, mm-hmm. that idea that there is no guarantee, there is no security, that is so important. I mean, that's really the essence of Zen is understanding that. We, we, this relationship, even if I have it today, is not guaranteed to be here tomorrow. Anything could happen between now and then. It's yeah. all temporary. It's all temporary, and recognizing that is a, is a huge uh, uh, advantage to us because mm-hmm. it puts us in this place of gratitude today for whatever it is we have, Absolutely. which instantly makes it better. Absolutely. Yeah. And I want to get to that keeping the life in your love conversation. But I first want to talk to you guys and maybe you can talk about yourselves because you're so cute. <laughs> let's just talk about <laughs> let's let's talk about the benefits of a long term relationship. I've been in a long term marriage and it hasn't always been perfect up and down and up and down. But there are a lot of benefits to staying with someone for a long period. And you guys have been together for a while. Maybe you can talk about yourselves and and, I, and every the listeners can just get a taste of how it how you guys work so well together. It's so cute. So. So what I, are those I really benefits? I like that question because so much today looking out there it's really hard for people to think about staying forever in a relationship when all of the social media is showing us every day all the things we're missing out on so i think the conversation about what's the benefit of being in a long-term relation it's a great one Mm. i do too let's start with you guys and and talk about what are the benefits from your perspective okay well we've um for those uh, listeners who, who don't know, we've been together about 13 years, and I, you know, in, in my opinion, it's been pretty much bliss the whole time in the whole 13 years. And the but the advantages to having somebody there, I mean, the besides you know a, a sense of stability, right? There is no guaranteed stability at all, but you have this sense of stability when there's someone that you can connect with and, and come home to, and and talk to and, and, you know, who will listen to what's going on with you and is anxious to share their day with you as well. And so that, that I think is a, a huge advantage. Um, you know, as far as we go, we, we came up with a, a term, uh, uh, fun buddies, because we just <laughs> look at life as so much fun together. I mean, I can't think of anybody I'd rather hang out with and, and explore life with. Mm. So. And, and, you know, he's talking not just about the stuff that normal people would think of as fun, but everything that comes up in life. We just have this approach like, wow, it's really special we get here and we get to, we get to experience this together. And, and I'm talking about even something like the death of one of our parents. It's like that's an intense experience to go through and we get to do it together. Mm. And we're really happy that we have each other to, to, to do that for support. Has it always been like that for you guys? Yeah, it really has from the very beginning. You know, we we met 
basically in a communication or a conversation about relationships and how they work and don't work. And I think because we were so, that, that was just in the forefront of our minds when we met, and it's just continued to be the topic of conversation because it's so important for us to have this great relationship. We're always exploring and investigating and talking to each other and checking in to make sure that, you know, we're having the best possible experience. Mm -hmm. and, and if not, you know, what is it that we can do? What can we talk about and, and come to a conclusion or, you know, some better understanding? I think that that's actually, uh, Joe, that's such a key, right? That if something comes up for one of us, like we don't just push it under the carpet. Never. Even if I know it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation, we know that we want to dive in there and figure it out because we want to keep this space really clean. And then when the space is clean, you see any little thing that shows up, and it's so much easier to deal with, you know, a little bit of dust here and there than, you know, um, you know, some some crazy uh, mess you've created over years and years of, you know, poor communication or just stuffing it down inside. Mm. So we really, you know, I think it's so important for us to keep the space clean, and, and we would suggest to your listeners that they, they do the same thing. Mm. And sometimes it can be hard to go back after you've been, you know, holding things back for years and stuffing it down inside, but we've just found that, that once you have that clean space, then it makes it so much easier to keep it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys are going to have a lot of great tips for us, I can tell, but I want to sort of clarify this. So the benefits, there's this sense of companionship, of, of deep, um, someone's really got your back. This sense of, I have someone to enjoy life with, as you, the even the small things and the large things. And then, yes, uh, yeah, from, it, from looking at, you know, we're eating an orange and looking at, wow, this thing's just a miracle, the, the way that this is, the way that this is grown, and here it is for us to eat. I mean, that's a small thing that we would enjoy together on a daily basis, mm -hmm. to a big thing of watching our children grow up mm -hmm. and watching them go out in the world, and it's, it, it, life's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we keep each other's eyes open to that. Yeah, and I think another another benefit is just I, I, whenever something exciting happens to me, uh, my husband is the first person I want to call. I mean, I, I he's he's the one. It used to be my mom when I was growing up. I was lucky enough to have a mom that that really had my back. But then when I got married, it it became him, and he really is my best friend. And and you know, and we haven't even touched on sex yet. So so we got a long conversation. So so this is great. So yeah. There are many benefits, and I think there are also well-documented health benefits. Uh, people who are married tend to live longer lives. Um, they do, and they, they live healthier lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we especially were... Men. Right, especially men. <laughs> As you can see, many, many uh, widowers, the statistics are pretty good. You can probably talk about that. The statistics are pretty... They get married a lot quicker <laughs> than women, right? They remarry, I should say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there are health benefits. There are also spiritual benefits. As you mentioned, Molly, when we are in a partnership and we're working through these, these trials and tribulations, we're growing spiritually a lot of times, hopefully, <laughs> in a mature relationship. Yeah. Right, right. You know, we, we do coach quite a number of couples, but... We often end up coaching individuals who are within a couple, and it's amazing to see 
Because often, you know, somebody says, well, my partner isn't interested in this. They're not interested in growing. They're not interested in talking about these topics. And we've always contended that one person can make such a shift in a relationship. And we see it time and time again. One person who has decided to take a better look at their contribution to the issues in the relationship and work on them and talk about them and... And they're usually amazed to see how much difference they can make. When they came into, you know, talking to us, it was like, oh, no, I just can't get them to change. But but by leading by example, it just has such a, uh, which really, you know, it's one of the only ways you can, you mm-hmm. can get your partner to change. Is, it really is. Mm-hmm. So, and they're really pleased to see that they have some influence over their partner, in, you know, in that way, in a positive way. And I, I wanted to mention that because I know so many couples, you know, the one person will be listening to your show and they're thinking, oh, my partner wouldn't be interested Yeah, so. yeah. I would like for you, you guys, to talk about some some tips for keeping this love alive, keeping the life in in the love. Um, some of your biggest tips for helping us achieve this and, and get to that long-term marriage so that at the end of this relationship, whenever the first one to leave, hopefully we stay together, we can look back and say, wow, it's been a good ride. We've had a good, good, a good time. And you want to look back and say, I did my very best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And part of that is definitely watching what you do and why you're doing it. You know, so often things that come out of our mouths, it sounds, you know, we may say something like, uh, if you love me, you would do this, right? And to stand back and take a look at, wait a second, you know, here's my words, but what's, what's the undercurrent? What do I really mean? What am I trying to get? What are my expectations for this person? What are my fears that are part of generating what I just said or this belief I have about what my partner should or shouldn't be doing? That's a huge part of, from my perspective, keeping a relationship clean and, and, and making it a space where love can flourish is to be more watchful about our real intentions and motivations. Mm. So it really takes knowing, knowing ourselves before we enter into a relationship. I mean, that's, that's the, the best scenario is to have two whole no, human beings, right? Right. doesn't always no, happen. As, as well as watching ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, really being aware it, it really is an ongoing thing, and it is. It really is about awareness because we can start wherever we are, but it, that's the hardest step, right? <laughs> to be honest about who I'm being. Like, if I've had a bad relationship for ten years and I've been wanting to point the finger at my partner that whole time, and to sit down and, and take a real inventory of what has honestly been my contribution here, mm. and what are you know, what fears am I operating out of that has made me behave in these ways and try to push my partner into things that they aren't interested in or don't want to do? Can we talk a little bit about the importance of trust? Because for, for a couple who may have gone through um, a situation where there has been some trust lost and they want to continue the relationship and work on it and see what see if they can patch things up, can you talk about... Uh, the importance of trust and and how to repair that if it's been lost with the goal of of saving a relationship? Mm -hmm. Well, I have a little bit of a different perspective on this, um, and I think it comes primarily from a spiritual background, is there are no guarantees. 
And the idea of trust, as it's put forth in a lot of relationships, is that we're looking for a guarantee from our partner that you'll never do this, this, and this. And how often do we see that violated? Pretty Mm -hmm. regularly. So for me, a long time ago, I sort of made this realization for myself that there was nothing that I could quote unquote trust my partner to do or not not do. That just there just isn't. That's kind of like I'm looking for a guarantee and mm. a guarantee is not possible. Okay. And I actually find that perspective I find myself a lot more grounded and feeling a whole lot more secure when I'm not looking outside myself for some kind of guarantee. It kind of so, goes back to the expectations piece that you guys talk about so much is if we expect certain things from our partners that they can't necessarily give, right? And it, it, and it, yeah. and it sets us up to be disappointed if we don't mm-hmm, get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If I didn't have that expectation in the first place, I wouldn't experience this great disappointment when it wasn't met. The same thing with this idea of trust. If I, One of the problems with the conventional trust is that we attach so many things that we don't even talk about. We may not even know we're attaching this, but if you're, let's say... I trust you to be true to me, but we don't define what that means. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden our partner's doing something that we feel doesn't fall under that dis- our definition of what being true to me means, and we feel like the trust has been violated. When in fact, we've never really been super clear about what we think it means and whether we, the two of us are on the same page about that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're having a conversation about, let's say, what does it mean to be monogamous? on the surface we might think well that's really easy it means you don't sleep with anybody else but when you dial down into this people mean all kinds of things when they say that right right they might mean you know you won't kiss anybody on the lips you won't hug anybody of the opposite sex you won't have a close friend of the opposite sex they can mean all kinds of things so having you know honest open conversations about what our own definitions of this can be really helpful mm, yeah it's not always easy to do you know it can be a little bit uncomfortable to have these conversations but boy when you get to the bottom of you know what does your partner mean about this or that it makes things so much easier you know when you're operating from a place of understanding mm. if you can get to a place of understanding yeah. <laughs> right right and the other thing about trust is I like the idea of building trust through experience, especially if there's been um, a violation of it or what we feel is a violation of it. And what I mean by that is, you know, if, if let's say I am thinking of a couple that I worked with where he kissed a woman on the lips and she felt that was a violation of their trust even though they they'd never had a conversation about whether that would be okay it was an old friend he always kissed her on the lips when he saw her it was to him it was felt quite normal and natural um but so after that incident talking about oh first of all do i feel comfortable saying okay i won't do that again or do i feel like no that's really restricting me from being who i am we we they need to have that conversation mm-hmm. but building trust to experience is if they come to a place where she says okay i i guess i get it you've always kissed this friend on the lips and you feel normal and, and natural doing that let's see what happens next time and can we talk about what comes up for me when you do that mm-hmm. so that we can have a conversation and you can reassure me that it doesn't mean you're going to go off with her or any of that and I can build trust through that shared experience with you around that issue. Mm. So you've created this space where 
Yeah, yeah. And that's a that's a big personal growth victory there if you can get through that as a sure you know. And I think and, once you have that experience a few times with your partner, then it becomes easier because you 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 realize okay, I am in a safe space, and it is okay to say, hey, I'm really I'm really fearful when you do X, Y, or Z. Can we talk about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing how much closer a couple feels when they're able to have a conversation around something like that instead of just an argument yeah yeah and and getting past that trust to the next level which would be forgiveness i was talking in a group actually my friend who's a priest and i love her she's awesome and she was talking about what she learned in her pastoral care uh training and she said you should never leave the room with with a dying person and a family who is gathered without everyone saying, I love you, I'm sorry, I forgive you. And I think that's just, that was so beautifully said because if if we could do that every time we left, I love you, I'm sorry, I forgive you, it kind of says everything, <laughs> kind of says it all. Yeah, the forgiveness piece is huge. I can feel, you know, in the way that Joe and I would say I love you, it's like inherent in there. Mm-hmm. Then, but I, I love it too because it's it's a complete honestly it's complete non attachment like I I love you I'm set you totally free it's kind of the same thing that we say to our kids every day in that way I love you period so, I love you period yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that right unconditional is is there's no attachment to anything that doesn't mean anything you don't have to do anything to earn that it, you've already got it. it yeah. And then I'm sorry if there's ever anything I've said ever <laughs> to hurt you or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm human. And then I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. If we could just do that every day, we'd be so much cleaner, like you said, uncluttered in our mind. Yeah. It's nice so, to go to bed uncluttered. <laughs> it's so nice. I know. We get such a better night's sleep. So I want to get to sex, and I have some questions from some listeners, but um, do you have anything else to say and any more tips for keeping the relationships, keeping the life in the love, keeping the relationship strong, anything else that off the top of your head that has worked for people? We don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. I think that helps. Fun. Keeping the fun factor alive in the marriage. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking at Joe as you you ask the question, and I just honestly I just stay in a state of gratitude, and that that does so much to keep things feeling alive because gratitude's really in the moment. I'm so blessed to be here. This is so special, and to remind myself that no matter what I'm going through, that's the day to day stuff that we all have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And you know, it might be going, oh, I've got to do my taxes, or and then, and, and then to remind myself many times during the tax filling out process, it's really special that I get to have this life and get to live here and know these people sure. and have this experience. And that's really a boredom buster right in it. Everything you just said is just, boredom is not even an option in when you have that type of a framework going on, so. You're right. Because life's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Every yeah, moment's a miracle. To explore together. Yeah. So uh, you want to take a stab at sex? Like, how do you keep your sex life as <laughs> <I'm> 
take a stab. Maybe that wasn't a, that was a poor choice of words. Um, years and years go by, and of course, things evolve, relationships evolve, sex lives evolve. What is your best advice for keeping things alive and still, you know, in working order and even better keeping keeping things, <laughs> even if they're not in working order? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that that too. So. about how to keep your sex life hot, I, I am just astounded that almost all of the articles I come to are pretty much sound the same after a while. They're like, mm. you got to try these hundred different positions. Mm -hmm. In a hundred different places. You, yeah, <laughs> you got to go into the kitchen. You gotta, I'm like, really? That's what's going to keep it interesting is doing a different position for intercourse? That's really not it for me at all. You know, we talk a lot about exploring the edges and... Anything that makes either one of us feel in the least degree sexy, we talk about that. You know, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, Joe came home from a swim today and it was, the sun was on him and he was swimming really well. I mean, it's got that feeling of aliveness in his body. We love to talk about anything from that to uh, going out, feeling, you know, dressing up, one of the things we might do is uh, I'll pick out what he wears and he picks out what I wear so that, you know, I get to see him in the sexiest thing I want to see him in. Any, <laughs> anything like that is something that for us, it, it makes it more fun all the time than just this idea of going into the kitchen and having a particular position on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're always trying to inspire each other, you know, whether we're working to stay in shape, whether we're, we're, trying to look good or whether we're just trying to connect. It's just like we're always trying to, to like, you know, create some, keep some spark going, keep some magic going. It's like an intentional thing. And we're pretty much, you know, it pretty much operates 24 seven. To stay attracted to each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In relationships, people fall in and out of love. I know you see this with your clients what what would be your your recommendation if if someone is in that situation where they're just not they've lost that love and feeling as the song says how how, how do you start to get it back yeah it, it's a, it's a difficult one um, again i look to a couple a person we've been working with recently in a couple who on his own has made changes to see that again what he realized was that all of the other issues that they're dealing with, you know, the same things we all deal with, financial issues, and you've got the kids, and you've got the work things going on, that they become your life, and you no longer take time, special time together, or you no longer spend an hour in bed in the morning on Saturday morning just talking and connecting. And he realized that that's what was happening to, to them, and on his own began to make the time to do that. And he said his wife came home from a week, work week away, and he said, you know, I, I just want to give you a massage this weekend. And he hadn't done that in years. Mm. And he comes back and reports to us like, wow, I, this really made a difference. I'm giving her a massage, and I'm feeling sexually attracted to her in a way I haven't felt in a while. Mm. So it comes from, yeah, within. Opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. The idea of this waning and waxing in a marriage in a long-term relationship, I mean, there are peaks and valleys, just like with everything and with life. And 
you know, we go through these trials or, or hopefully we don't and we have gr uh, just a stable, loving, happy relationship like you guys do. But, but in reality, I don't think that's typical of a long, long relationship. So this being tenacious and sticking with it, as you say, and really when, when you notice you might be in a little bit of a valley or in a downward peak, being aware, aware of it and, and um, catching it. And kind not of, pointing the finger at your, at your partner. Yeah, yeah. Taking action on your own, I think, is the best thing that you could do. Taking action on your own. Something to improve the relationship, you know. It could be anything, like like Molly said, like a you know a massage or. So, and the reason being is it's really challenging for two people to be in the same place at the same time and say, yeah, we're both ready to work on this. You know what? If they're both ready to work on it, their relationship is probably pretty good already. It's usually it's usually not like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But. Even 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 us, you know, we go through definitely challenge, times that are more challenging than others in terms of the day-to-day -day stuff that we're having to do or get. get it gets in the way, I think, a little bit. Yes, and and we definitely look at a calendar and go, okay, we've got to get a sex weekend on the calendar in the next month because this is going to be a really mm -hmm. crazy, stressful time. So. See this Friday, three weeks. Can we do that? And that day is we're going off somewhere in order to be together as lovers, okay. and that's why we're going away. And we're going to take our what I call my love wardrobe with me, which is my pre-packed bag of all my lingerie and toys and fun stuff. And we're going to go somewhere with the sole purpose of hanging out together and just reconnecting and, mm -hmm. and you know. Re-experiencing that love that we have for each other. And no sightseeing. <laughs> <laughs> Whose is that? Is that Joe's preference not to go sightseeing? That would be my husband's. <laughs> oh, both of you? <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. You know, it's fine, but it's not an intimate, sexy, connecting thing. I'd rather go sightseeing on Molly's body. Uh, well, I don't want to leave this conversation that we started out about sex. I mean, it does seem to be that that this the whole thing is all about intention, the intention to keep the relationship first, the intention to care about the other person and be aware of what's going on, just be aware. I mean, it's all about that intention and but I don't want to leave this this conversation without mentioning the boudoir. <laughs> photo session that you did, Molly. Can you talk about that? That's such a sexy idea. I love it. Maybe someone will be inspired. Oh, absolutely. To... And, and the honest truth is I, I have pictures that I used to take of myself. Well, I was into photography very young, and I have pictures that I took of myself early on. But this was, I did this when I turned 50. I went to an actual professional photographer to do the photo shoot with the lingerie. And it was a really, really, really fun experience. And in fact, I'm going to make Joe do it next. <laughs> so, That's cool. Yeah. You have a, a professional photographer who does this all the time who had, she had all of these um, scenarios already set up in her studio. And she had this huge wardrobe of clothing and Stiletto heels, jewelry oh, to choose from. And you just felt pampered for a couple hours. You just get to play around and put How this fun. stuff on. And she... She did some of the posing, but I also had looked through the internet at poses that I thought would be good for me, and I took those in and said, I want to do these too. So mm. um, that was really, really fun. And I bet you guys had some hot sex after that. 
You don't have to tell us. I'm just saying. I'm just, you probably did. So yeah, those are great. And you guys have so many good videos on the YouTube channel. So our listeners will have to check that out. Um, I have some questions from a few viewers. It seems to, that this is an, a kind of a common theme of redefining the relationship after after different things happen, like the kids leave home. One person wrote in that, that they had each retired from her, the husband and wife had retired from the government at the, the same year. So they had both retired and they thought it was going to be this joyous thing, but it turned into sort of a stressful period for them. And they had to sort of redefine the relationship since they, they had both made such great life changes. Any advice for that kind of thing? So it takes a little a little pre-planning if you if you take advantage of the time before to uh, dream up some dreams and and really be open also to the unexpected because sometimes that's better than you could ever yeah yeah it, you know this re- also reminds me of the time when m- my first child was born and just bringing children into the mix of a relationship is another critical stressor that can can cause some rocky roads for a while there so any tips for young couples who may be bringing their first baby home yeah i think one of the huge things that happens and a lot of research is coming out on this when a new baby is in in the mix is that particularly for moms especially if they're breastfeeding they're getting all of this physical contact and their need for physical contact with their partner generally goes down substantially for a few years. Mm. And that can be a total surprise. Like we all understand, yeah, sex is going to lessen when we have a new baby, but we don't realize the extent of a mother. I went through that when, with my child. was like, oh, no, I'm totally satisfied. I'm touch, touching this creature all day long. I don't want to be touched. I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to, to recognize that, boy, that's going to happen and we might have to to have a little bit different, you know, sexual contact in life for a while because of that. Mm, Yeah. And not think that there's something wrong with our relationship because of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, I think that's part of it. And, and talking to someone I think is so important during these critical junctions in a relationship, just because you feel like you're so alone when you're going through something. And really there's many, many people going through the same exact thing. And, and there's a lot of wisdom out there to get you through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So counsel- I actually think that's one of the nice things about the internet and the blogs that are available of people sharing their issues and you go and you see, wow, I thought this was a unique health mm-hmm. problem I had and here's 10,000 other people who are talking about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and what, do you, what are your recommendations for counseling at, during these junctions or before, you know, before, say, the retirement scenario? Um, do you have any suggestions mm-hmm. for, for getting on board with a counselor before some of, some of these life-changing events? You, you know, I do in terms of I've always found it helpful. There are so many great books out there all the time coming out on, on many of these issues. So, you know, what to expect that's going to happen to your relationship when you, when you hit retirement age. I feel like there's so much wisdom in books like that. And through that, you can find, do I really need to talk to somebody individually? Or is, is the information in this book helpful enough to give me mm-hmm. a really solid foundation for going into this big life change? Okay. So do the research. It's, you know, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's research, and it's very affordable to to get the wisdom that way. Oftentimes, people really can't afford to go see, you know, a counselor for right. things like that unless they're really... Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, one other scenario. I had a question from a listener, and she has recently become more of a caregiver than a partner. And I think with our aging population, this is pretty common as well. Um, her partner has a long-term degener- degenerative disease, and she is she's really become his caregiver. And it's just changed the whole dynamic of the relationship. And she was kind of asking for a way to, I guess, to restore some normalcy is what she's asking for. But is that even, um, is that even a reality for couples in that situation? Yeah. You know, when I hear that, I don't know what you're going to say. I, I was going to say, Molly would think that there is, a, that it is a reality, that there is possibility for, you know, re-engineering that relationship okay. in a way that's more satisfying. I think for us, if if one of us was having to caretake the other one. I just know from all our conversations that, you know, for instance, if we're talking about uh, he's caretaking me and there's no longer any sexual connection or intimacy is possible, I would definitely, this is may very well not be for your, your listener that's asking the question, but for us, I would want him to be able to get that somewhere. I don't want him to have to cut himself off from intimacy because he's decided to take care of me till I'm... Yeah, <laughs> I, I really, you know, if there's no possibility for it here, I still want him to have that in his life. And we, we both feel the same way about each other. Mm, you've had that conversation. Wow. Yeah, that's a tough yeah. one. That's a really tough one. And, and I hope that uh, for listeners out there who might be going through that type of scenario, that they would also get some support even if it's from a family member or a friend, just just reach out to others so that you you don't again the the idea is connection and not feeling alone in this situation because it can be a huge stressor not only on the relationship but just a burden on the person as well. So and that's really great advice, and there are always groups for almost anything someone's dealing with. Again, I love that there's online communities. You know, that's one of the great things. There's a lot of downsides to the Internet, but the, one of the great things is the connection of mm-hmm. people that are going through what you're going through and that have resources and are able to support you in different ways. I totally agree. I totally agree. I feel like every day is probably Valentine's Day for you too, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite Valentine memory, or do you want to share your plans for Valentine's Day? Well, you know, interestingly enough, um, almost every Valentine's Day, Molly's gone. She has a, an annual trip with her Molly. daughter to uh, visit family yeah. in Florida. <laughs> so, so, and it doesn't. It makes no difference to me whatsoever because, Connie, like you said, every day is Valentine's Day. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter if on the actual Valentine's Day Molly is gone or not. And there's also this, this thing that we like about being apart and having that feeling of, what do we so call the it? The wistfulness, that, uh, just the desire for each other. Yeah, and enjoying that, not being together and having the desire that we could be. Mm. There's something bittersweet about mm. that. So absence really does make the heart grow fonder. <laughs> yes. Yeah, in your case. Awesome. Oh, gosh, you guys. Thank you so much for this conversation. I, I, I'll give you the last few words, but before we do, let's give people all the information if they want to get in touch with you, read your books, take your seminars, watch your YouTube videos. Give us all that information. Yeah, you can probably find everything through our website, The Soulmate Experience. We have a large uh, community on both Facebook and Twitter through the Soulmate Experience. Uh, our YouTube channel is Molly and Joe. It's M-A-L-I and J-O-E. And that's been a lot of fun. We really enjoy doing those videos and are getting some great feedback. Yeah. So you can get um, free chapters on our website, and our books are The Soulmate Experience and The Soulmate Lover. Beautiful. Okay, last word, you guys. Last word for keeping the life in our love this Valentine's Day 2016. Go. <laughs> Number one tip for Joe. Gosh, look at every day as if it were Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I mean, here's this incredible woman who's chosen to spend pretty much all her time with me. And to me, that's just like worth celebrating every day. Hmm. You know, and you've really, my one tip is that gratitude piece and to remember no matter what I'm going through, to look at you and go, you are choosing to spend your time with me. And that's an incredible gift. And there's, there's nothing that I feel like I could tell you you have to do. But the fact that you're choosing to be with me is, is the most special thing of all. And that's what I want to remember. Beautiful. Oh, Mm -hmm. beautiful well i better leave you guys alone so just go get a room <laughs> i think i said that the last time you guys are so awesome thank you for sharing your love and your light and your wisdom with all of us i hope you have a happy happy healthy valentine's day and every day <laughs> thanks so much you guys right. is valentine's day Hi, everybody. It's Connie Bowman from Happy Healthy You, the podcast, and I'm here with Julie Riesler. I'm an empowerment strategist and coach, and you can find me at julieriesler.com. And Julie and I have a little secret. We sure do. Coming closer. The secret is two words. Go, Julie. Joy. 
Camp. That's right. Joy Camp 2016. Stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. And for more information, you can email me at Connie at ConnieBowman.com or Julie at, at Julie at JulieRiesler.com. Joy Camp 2016. Be there. We so want you to be there. Stay tuned for more details. Yay. Yay.